and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of TV My Husband Hates. Uh, how you doing, Regan? I'm good. We This has like been my first week, well, barring Monday, that all kids have been back to school and we've had some semblance of a normal routine since Christmas. Oh, me too, man. Just getting those kids back to school makes all the difference. Yeah. And then I went crazy and like booked a load of appointments. So I had like appointments every single day, like doctor's appointments and just shit I've been putting off um, to get back into the new year. So it's been a busy week. But that's what we all do in January. Like, I'm never more organized than I am by, like, January the 6th. I've, like, done my accounts. I've set up all these systems that will last for about three and a half days before I fuck it up. (laughs) But for those three and a half days, I feel so organized. Fucking nailing it. That's what it's all about. Um, Okay, so we are here for our main episode of TV My Husband Hates, but we have actually just recorded a brand new mini-sode where uh, we have had the most amazing guest. Reagan, tell us a little bit more about who our guest was and the episode and what it's all about. All right, so her name is Mira, or Dr. O, if you're in the Denver area, and she is this amazing social activist, OBGYN, who coincidentally also is battling cervical ovarian kind of cancer. And she's just chock full of amazing information about kind of the American healthcare system and but also just generally like women women's health kind of across the world. And she's a she's a mouthpiece for everybody who doesn't have a voice, which I think is incredible. She's also a huge fan of Vanderpump Rules. So we discussed all things Mira and all about the first episode of Vanderpump Rules on that mini-sode. So if you are a Vanderpump fan and you want to hear our chat about the first episode, you need to go listen to the mini-sode because we will not be discussing it here on the full episode. Not this week. Although in subsequent weeks, we will be including Vanderpump Rules on here. And what Reagan and I are really hoping to do is to, every now and again, if we can find a guest who has a real passion for a show that we talk about, we're going to invite them on and do a little mini-sode with them as a guest discussing that particular show. So um, if you're out there and you've got something interesting to say, you're doing something interesting, you want to plug something, you want to raise awareness about something, and you are a big fan of a show let us know and if we can squeeze you in and make it work then we will but we're really interested in potentially getting some more guests in so thank you very much to Mira who fucking aced our first guest show she was amazing like to the point we popped open sparkling wine and we were drinking at 10 a.m so um yeah especially if you're a fan of day drinking and have a thing to plug (laughs) who the fuck isn't a fan of day drinking (laughs) what kind of psychopath doesn't like day drinking You know what? It's way more of a thing in Europe and in England than it is in the United States, which is something that I'm having to face the harsh truth about. The drinking is way more of a problem in the UK because it's dark and miserable and we, you know, have Boris Johnson. So that's why we drink. Mind you, you have Trump, so what's your fucking excuse? (laughs) I mean, if we're comparing... I you win. I win my you win in the shit stakes of, of <laughs> presidential leaders. Uh, but anyway. yeah, if if you want a little political chat and Vanderpump rules, check out that mini-sode. I think it's a cracker. We had so much fun doing it. So yeah, yeah, because she is also really like incredibly smart, like super wit, 
whip fucking smart, calls a fucking spade yeah. a spade, and she was a pleasure to have on. So thank you, thank you, thank you, and go and check it out. I highly recommend it. Um, yes. But this week, excluding Vanderpump Rules, we are discussing Real Housewives of Atlanta, Below Deck, Real Housewives of New Jersey, and we are introducing Very Cavallari. Now, we were a little like, oh, do we want to? Is it good enough? Is there enough to talk about? And they came in fucking hot with season three. Oh, yes, they did. A lot of very relevant chat in Very Cavallari. Weirdly enough, the show that I have the least amount of notes for, but because it was just like main, main points. Yeah. So I I think it's going to be good chat. Um, Talking of shows I have very few notes for, let's kick off with Real Housewives of Atlanta. I mean, I... (sighs) If you didn't, you, if you're not watching the video, which Knox, we haven't got around to doing that yet. Reagan's face then was just like, like yeah. this, just feeling a little bit ugh right now. All right, I'm going on record right now. I don't give a fuck who recorded Cynthia at the table. <laughs> like I don't care. Cynthia has not said anything that she has not been very upfront about. It's not that big of a fucking deal, and I feel like they're making it way more important than it needs to be. I agree. We also haven't fucking heard this recording. Like you say, I don't think there's anything on that recording that Cynthia hasn't stood in a fucking interview and said in her like one-to-one interviews and being honest about. So I, I want this to stop. Like I'm done. I don't give a shit. Like I, I couldn't care less. It, first of all, it means I have to look at Giovanna, Giovanna a lot more than <laughs> I would like to, you know, me and names. Um, yeah. And there's just nothing to it. It's it, it's but like you know, it's like Nini by pro- it's like Nini by proxy. Like either give me Nini or don't give me Nini, but don't give me this half-assed. Maybe there's a recording, fucking Nini. I don't care. No, I totally agree. And our 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 people on Instagram um, concur with us, though it's a lot more it's it's a lot more evenly split than I thought. Like I thought majority of people would be over it, but fifty two percent are over it, and forty eight percent are still intrigued. So. Maybe we're in the minority that we're kind of over it, but um, I just, Cynthia does not strike me as shady enough for it to be something of importance. Well, I agree. And I think it's been said, like, the fuck, we all know what she thinks about Nini. We all know what Nini thinks about her. You know, unless Cynthia dropped a massive bomb in that recording, which if she did, we would have fucking heard it by now. Right. I'm not not even, honestly, 100% sure that there's a recording. No, I mean, I think we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Like, I, I totally concur. Like, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that this is all bullshit. This is, this smells of Nini colored bullshit as far as I'm concerned. So I'm just like, let, let's not talk about that. But we are back in Toronto. We are here for Carnival, although we have yet to do Carnival. Carnival has been the most drawn out oh. plot of all time. Um but like they tried on their costumes, they look amazing. Um, I love how though, like it really highlights kind of women and their body issues. How like Candy wasn't a hundred percent, but she tried it on in front of everybody. She looked fucking incredible. But then there were a couple who were not feeling themselves too much, so they took the costumes to other rooms to try on. But um, go Candy and Marlo for like trying on clothes in front of your friends and just being like cool with cool with who you are. 
I mean, they look like queens. And if I had a butt like that, I would be wearing that carnival Jesus. outfit pretty much every day of my goddamn life. So absolutely, go and shake what the good Lord gave you, babe. Um, yeah, I think that we have got. I'm trying to think what it is. We do you know? What I've just realised that we didn't do. Huh. We didn't do like our little pre-production chat where we go. So we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about that, no, and we'll talk about that. We so, didn't. so, we'll so we're just here. Do it live. We're freestyle. So for me, this episode was kind of all about Dennis showing up through Tanya and her boyfriend, and like the re-engagement thing. How do you feel about that, Cap? I am not happy about this. This has given me <laughs> like this really pissed me off, and I'll tell you why this pissed me off. Go Portia for it. Portia has been a fucking queen through this whole thing. She has remained dignified. She has been very clear about what it is that she wants and needs from Dennis. And most clearly of that is that she wants to take it fucking slow. He needs to earn his stripes. And I think that this is really disrespectful. I think it puts her in a really difficult and uncomfortable position in front of not just the Atlanta girls, but a whole fucking shit ton of people that she's never met that have no idea about the backstory or anything like that. And he's putting her right on the spot. And I think it's wrong. And I'm also annoyed about Tanya for this as well, because she should know better. She should be saying, dude, you need, this is not okay right now. Like you were unfaithful while she was pregnant. You need to be earning back her trust. If anything, if you are ever going to marry that woman, it is because she has deigned to ask you and not the other way around. Back it the fuck up. That's how I feel. Sorry. No, I don't think there's any apologies needed by any means. Um, I totally agree with you. She has said time and time again, she wants to take it slow. She cannot be any more clear. He keeps trying to like rush it. And she keeps trying to tell him, like, no, we need to slow this down. We really need to work on these things. If and when we get back together, it's because, like, we are both there. And I think you're 100% correct. Like, he is forcing the issue. And part of me is like, why are you forcing this so hard? It makes me question your fucking motives. Um, We did a poll about this. Like, do you like that Dennis showed up? 30% thought it romantic, 70% thought it was lame. I was one of those 70% that thought it was lame because I think if he really wanted, if he was really ready to respect her and her wishes, that's what he would fucking do. Plus, it's a motherfucking girl's trip. Know your role. You stay home and you watch after PJ so you're, this woman can have a fantastic time, be with her girls let it all loose and like have a good time because she fucking deserves it. And you stay at home, you watch the kid and you don't push her. But here's the thing. I don't think he's at home watching the kid. Even if he was at home, I think Portia yeah. is leaving him with, leaving her with a nanny or her mom. He's not that guy. He's not stepping up to the dad role. He's not stepping up as a grown up. This is a childish, petulant kind of, he wants to be the big man move. And you're not the big man because you fucking cheated on your girlfriend who was when she was pregnant that makes you like literally the opposite of the big man that makes you the fucking teeny tiny dick man man. and yeah like it it made my blood boil like i literally wrote my blood is boiling it's so disrespectful um and porsche and you know what and it's porsche i fucking love this woman like she is her growth from when we met her with Cordell, Cordell, Cornell, Cordell, yeah, yeah, Cordell. No, Cordell, oh, you were correct. From that to this is like exponential. Yeah. And I like applaud her for that every day. I think she's badass, bright, smart, intelligent. Fucking she's 
forged independence tooth and nail. Yeah. And to see this, this guy not get it and not see what he's got just pisses me off. I agree. I agree. I, <sighs> I didn't like how it goes down. I don't like how he's making it on his terms. Like, and and that's that's I think what is infuriating to me. Like, you fucked up. You you need to repent and listen to what she's telling you because that's the problem. You're not fucking listening. He's not hearing it. And I really slow your roll. I don't know what she's gonna say. I fucking hope that yeah. she says no, or maybe just for the sake of the fact that it's a fucking crowd goes yes, but then is like absolutely right. not. Like no go way. <laughs> um, Let me enjoy carnival and go home. <laughs> the last thing I fucking need is you on your knee give me a ring right now. Like, we've only had two therapy sessions where you've yeah. been there. Like, the fuck? Oh, God. Anyway, also, I mean, I came on my period today, so maybe I'm a little extra <laughs> aggro about this. But um, No, I, I, I think your aggro is 100% in the right place. Um, I think yeah. him sending flowers would have been nice had he Fine. not showed up. Agreed. Like flowers is just about the right amount of yeah what interaction. is needed. Yeah, you know. I agree. Uh, but this is is so narcissistic. It's making it. I, I can't even speak. I'm so angry. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Anyway, I I don't know what what she's gonna say. But God help no. me. I feel like she's got to say. Like eventually, no. Like I feel like she has to. Yeah. Like if she I mean, doesn't, I was gonna say if she doesn't, I feel like has she meant anything that she said? But I feel like she does. So she's got to somehow slow this shit down. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, obviously, we know they do get back together. Like we, that is is the now and happening. But I do hope it's done on her terms because I feel like that's the only way they're going to properly grow and it's going to feel all right and not icky and rushed. So we'll see. I mean, we'll find out what she says next week. And, um, yeah. I mean, Nini comes back in this week as well. Obviously she makes it up with Eva. Um, I mean, I think on that point, Eva's just an, I I really have a lot of time for Eva. Like she can throw shade like the best of them, but I really do have a lot of time for her. I think she's a good girl. I think she accepts the apology. Um, I don't know how long it's going to last. But Candy also confronts Nini about the note and whether she gave it to the bloggers. And, of course, Nini is deny till I die. And, of course, she blames Kenya. But fucking, do we believe that? Like, Nini sent that to the blog, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we we don't know about that. What I was going to say, we asked everybody about the Eva, Nini... Um, kind of makeup and everyone uh, I don't know how to say this Instagram handle but it's N-Y-I-S-H-A-A-A-A-R-G-H she says <laughs> till the next shade is thrown hashtag bloop smithy2602 says nope fake as uh, you said as repaired as it ever will be I said maybe Danielle chef said nah um, so yeah I think it's kind of a mixed bag made by the Coopers is a de- Definite no. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I agree with most of those people. Like, until the next fucking rocket is thrown, they'll but be I think, fine. But I think any relationship, any relationship that Nini's involved in is always going to be eventually dramatic. So I, I, I honestly think that if Eva, like, I think if Eva was 
doing this with a regular normal human being. She would just be right. friends and they would get on. Like, but this right. is Nini, so of course every every makeup is on a you know, it's on a, a tender hook. Nothing. A tender hook. Absolutely. Exactly. We also asked if if everybody thought Nini was telling the truth about Bloggate. Only thirteen percent said yes. Eighty-seven percent said no. Yeah, um, I'm with the eighty-seven. Yeah, and then we also talked about. Um, so Kenya had something to say about like Nini apologizing to everyone, and she was like, well, "Of course she really? had to." Kenya had something to say. Yeah. Shocker, I know, but um, like it, it's it's her theory that of course she had to apologize because she's fucked everybody off. So like to stay within fairly good graces with the group. Um, she had to do that. And that was a 50-50 yes or no um, based on our Instagram followers. So whether they agree with Kenya or not about that, like did Nini apologize because she felt she did wrong or did she just apologize because she kind of has to? I don't know if she really has to. Like I feel like Bravo's letting her play just the tip with Atlanta. Again, the same joke for the third week running. <laughs> but... um yeah, like, I don't feel like she really has to do anything, but I think if, I, I don't know. I, I'm mixed on whether these apologies were quote-unquote real or not. I mean, they're as real as they're ever going to be, I guess, is my Yeah, I mean, I thing. think with Nini, you know, I think Bravo are really into at the moment making sure there isn't one character that feels that the show is as like you only have to look at Vicky yeah. Gumbleson. I think they've got rid of her for the same reason. And I suspect Nini might be at risk of the same thing at, at Atlanta. And I think right. maybe, I actually think maybe she feels like, like if she's going to be, I think, I think Bravo feel a little bit like we do. That's my gut feeling that Nini, right. you're either in this or you're out of this. And, and I think, Maybe I agree with Kenya on that. She really had to kind of, there is an element of her having to apologize to get herself back into this group. Um, right. But I don't think anything Nini does is heartfelt or genuine or real. Like whether it's because she wants to keep her job with Bravo, or whether because there's some other, you know, yeah. reason, there's always something in it for Nini. Like that is just an absolute bedrock of fact. So, yeah, I mean, that's who, that's who she's worried about, right? Yeah, like it's 100%. her. She doesn't give a shit whether she's hurt their feelings or not no, like, she couldn't care less. it's just kind of about how she looks yeah uh so we'll see how that goes obviously there's there's been zero interaction between nini and kenya zero yeah. interaction really between nina and cynthia apart from the kind of they just got on for the sake of it at the party where dennis is about to propose um, yeah i suspect we'll get more of that next week uh yeah and, that's and I think there's a fight it, really. next week. There's been a fight teased. So I think everything kind of blows up next week in Canada. So uh, we'll see that when it comes. Well, I think, yeah, I think Nini has to earn her money next week. So she starts, you know, punching people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see that when it comes. Uh, yeah, so below deck? Below dick? Below dick. Uh, <laughs> did I t- have I told the joke about the really big yeah, dick? Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Not to cut you off there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got it. Okay, you don't want to hear yeah, my joke again about the really big dick. That's fine. And if you haven't, go back a couple of weeks and you'll hear it. <laughs> I know when I'm not wanted. Okay, fine. So <laughs> Below Deck is uh, a good one again. And, I mean, you start, Reagan, but it starts, well, I'll start, actually. It starts off yeah. with the chef-to-chef conversation. You know the one, like, Kevin already, literally, yeah. we leap into Mega Kevin awkward. moaning. Um, right. I have to say, I actually think she's coming from a good place. Here's the thing. Even if she does sound a little bit condescending, she's still a right. fucking guest. 
She's still yeah. a guest. So your response, Kevin, is, yes, ma'am, no, man, thank you very much. Like, whatever you need, we will make it happen. You don't get fucking defensive and you don't get rude. And you know what his problem is? If the male primary or a male guest had walked in there and said, dude, I think you just need to step it up. He would have been like, oh, okay, great. Thanks for the heads up. I'm going to blow your socks off. But because it's a woman that comes in and gives him kind of a dressing down, he cannot fucking handle it. But he still does it. Like, obviously, that conversation did need to take place because he stepped the fuck up. So we asked everybody on Instagram what they thought about um, the chef-to-chef chat. Kathleen's vigil said not much. Caliber21 said she was too nice. Kevin really needs to kick it up. Smithy2602 says hilariously awkward. Adventures of Amanda V um, says gross and condescending. He made what the primary wanted. End of story. Um, Lindsay Lala82 says awkward. Um, and yeah, like it was an awkward conversation. And at first I was like, I don't really know if she had like the right to say anything because she's not the primary. Like I, I kind of tend to go by the hierarchy of guests. And if the primary has an issue, then the primary has a right to say something. But if he makes what the primary wanted, that's what the primary wanted. Like you got to take your issue up with somebody else. However, he stepped it the fuck up the minute she said something. Like he pissed and moaned about it. But then we see watermelon popsicles and beautiful plating for the gram. And he like, he did exactly what she wanted him to do. And then she came and was like, well done. Like, thanks for doing that. She didn't even just say well done and thank you. This is when I was like, she, this is when I realized that she didn't go into that kitchen with any kind of arrogant, she didn't go in there arrogantly. She went, I genuinely think she went in there to say, dude, like heads up. Obviously she's happy with that meal, but like, let's step it up a little bit. I genuinely think that was out of concern. Like I thought that was actually a heads up for him because when she goes back in to apologize, like what a fucking queen. Like she owns her shit. She goes in, she's really genuine. She looks him, she says, I just wanted to come and apologize because if I offended you or upset you, then I am really sorry. It could not be more of a genuine heartfelt apology. But he was such a dick about it. Like, so we asked everybody else, was Kevin rude to the guest who apologized? And 86% of you said yes, 14% of you said no. But, like, he wouldn't even look at her. Because, like, Courtney points it out, like, you were so fucking rude. Courtney is rapidly becoming, like, my favorite crew member. Like, I love she goes up and down for me. She just calls a spade a spade. And, like... I, I love that she's consistent. Like, that, I think yeah, that's yeah. what I like about her. Yeah, yeah, that she's makes sense. She's consistently kind of high maintenance, but her standards and her morals, whether it's dealing with drunken guys or dealing with pain in the ass guests, right. are exactly the same, or even stroppy chefs. But she's like, no, Kevin, that's not okay. You were a dick. You were rude. You didn't even look her in the eye. Like, she's apologizing. Right. Like, be a bigger man. So, I, Kevin, yet again is the source of much sphincter clenching for me. (laughs) He just really upsets me. He's now become, I'm now at that stage where I can't even look at him without just wanting to like, just punch him in the face. It makes me miss Chef Ben so much because like uh, Watch What Happens Live did like a hundred. So this was Below Deck's 100th episode this week over like seven seasons. And Chef Ben was on there and I was like, oh, can't you just come back? I know, Matt. Like, he is, 
he's a perfect example of like a guy who doesn't take life too seriously, who knows he's fucking good, but also knows that he doesn't know everything. Kevin just doesn't have the security or the confidence to take that stance. And instead he's constantly, like immediately defensive. Plus he's a massive misogynist. So he hates women. I mean, he hates women. (laughs) And I, and we all hate him. So it's fine. Right. It's a mutual disrespect. Um, Um, Yeah. I mean, yeah, let's walk away from, from Kevin. But obviously a lot of this, again, again, is about Riley. And here we get the develop. This is this, this is the episode where we get the development from the wheelhouse conversation where right. Ashton essentially throws uh, Riley under the bus. And I know that you did a poll about whether people thought it was the right thing for Kate to give right. Riley a heads up about that conversation. And I was, when I did this, I was really surprised at where the result was then. So I'm interested to see where it is now. Yeah, so was Kate wrong to tell Riley what Ashton said to the captain? 55% said yes and 45% (gasps) said no. So it tipped to the yes favor. I know for a while it was really trending no. And I said no, she wasn't wrong. Right. Right. Because I I voted no, she was not wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she was not wrong. But 55%... but 55% think she was wrong. So I I voted no, she was not wrong. Um, because ultimately, I think, and Kate says this, like, if you don't want other people to talk about what you're talking about, then you don't need to say things in front of other people. And I think she's 100% correct on that. I don't think she owes Ashton any sense of loyalty simply because, like, their titles happen to be maybe at the same level on the boat hierarchy. She also rooms with Riley. So I think there's a different dynamic with that relationship between Kate and Riley. And Kate supports Riley because Ashton is being an asshole. But here's the thing. Yes, I think she should have told Riley because as a friend, she gave her a heads up. And I think that's really absolutely justified. Here's the other thing. This should not be a secret to Riley in the first place. If Ashton was a really good manager, he would have sat her down and said... In feedback, like, this is what I would say to you. Like, going forward, I would expect you to make sure that the areas... That, like, he would have given right. that to her. He, You don't go sneaking off and telling Daddy no. Captain Lee about the fucking thing to throw into the bus. He is not managing her properly. And no, he is I mean, doing this purely... Like, this is why Kate has a right to tell her, because he's being manipulative. He's not managing. Yeah. No. And Kate sees that and she's absolutely right. And he has he is never going to be able to manage her because he we're going back to it again, but he right. cannot bear the thought that there is a strong woman and this brew crew on this ship is yeah. is really really disgusting. Yeah, I mean, I love when Kate says, like, that's not management, that's quitting. Like, a manager would work through these issues. You just want her gone. And I think she's 100% correct. I also asked um, everyone if they think that maybe, this is something that kind of dawned on me when I was watching this, because Ashton continually refers back to the last time she was on the boat. And I think Ashton's just brought too much baggage from the time before to this new situation, right? Like where he wasn't the bosun and he was just her coworker. And I think he's brought all that on. And as a good manager, you can't do that. Like you need to manage the situation at hand. So I asked everybody, does Ashton bring too much baggage from the last season about Riley? And 81% said yes. And 19% said no. Um, I don't think he's judging her based on her performance now. No, I think he, yeah. It's personal for him. And you can't yeah. be, you can't, 
manage somebody personally. Like you have to no. manage them professionally. And I've had to work with people that I cannot fucking stand. And I've had Absolutely. to manage them. It just means that I don't fucking hang out with them at the pub on a Friday night. Like they're not the right. people that I sit next to or stand and chat with. But during the week, it's I fine. treat them like an employee, like, you know, like somebody who I have to manage, just like the people I like that I have to manage. Yeah. You can't let that shit get in your way. Um, but what I really find uncomfortable about it is that him and Brian are being like, it's this bullying thing now. And it yeah. feels, it's like they're old women gossiping and talking. There's nothing right. professional. All the boundaries have gone for Ashton with Brian now. Like all the boundaries have gone with him and Riley because of this personal issue, but all the, and all the, there's no boundaries at all for Ashton. There's He's like, no proper hierarchy, is there? No. Like nobody's the boss. Like it's no. a gang of dudes beating up on this girl who can, fuck her. She can hold her own. Like, I'm not worried about her. But at the same time, I think Captain Lee sees through all that bullshit. And I think that's why we see him talking to Kate about it and talking to everybody else because he fucking knows like there's something fishy going on. Like, well, it's funny you say that because I felt like until he's, until Kate spoke up and was like, actually, that's not how I see it. I think he was really willing to write Riley off as being just really difficult. Um, but obviously we know through his Twitter having watched it that right, he right. now sees what was actually going yeah, on. Yeah. And like that that's a real head fuck as well because now, you know, Captain Lee's like, fuck, I thought I saw what was happening and actually it's something completely different. But again, I right. think Kate has the right to bring that up with Captain Lee too. Um, I just think it's a really tricky situation for Riley to be in being the person that she is because she's damned if she does and she's damned if she doesn't right now. right. You know, she either kicks off and fights about it and goes, it's not fair, which it isn't. But then everybody goes, well, that's just Riley being fucking difficult. Right. Um, or she sucks it up and just does and just gets shot on from a great height. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, like, like Captain Lee says, we're talking about six days. They have six days left. Suck it up, job. buttercup. Right. And I'm sure that's what will happen. But it'll be interesting because I do think something's going to happen next week. Um, Captain Lee alludes to it. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what that is. But I love his quote that he was like, they're acting like fucking kids. Too bad for them. I don't babysit. <laughs> I know, man. He's such a- and also, I did love his, like, his, his assessment of Jamie, this spoiled brat that wouldn't share the room. He's like, she's such a fucking Tuesday. And we all know what that means. Like, I thought that was just fucking brilliant. I'm using that from now on. You're such a fucking Tuesday. Yeah. I also liked his quote. They're like a burlap bag full of bobcats. Oh, me too. (laughs) He is the quote king. Oh, he really is. Like, he's on fire. His quotes kill me, and I write them all down. Um, Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I just, it was really uncomfortable watching, and I didn't like the, like, Tana calling her a cancer. I was like. Yeah. Dude. Tanner needs to shut up. Tanner just doesn't know what's going on. Like, Tanner's fucking thick as two short planks. Like, that guy does not have a brain cell. And also, can we just have a minute to talk about his nightmare? Oh, my God. I'm like, are you a five-year-old having night terrors? <laughs> like, I'm going to use the word because we can't asterisk it out, but he's, he's yeah. literally having nightmares about midgets. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, that's what he's shouting out. Like, yeah. Like, he is... Five years old, but it was fucking funny. It was hilarious. Um, I thought it was going to be something more major, like when they were like previewing it on last yeah. week. I was like, oh shit, something's going down. I was like, no, he's just having a nightmare like a baby. <laughs> I mean, who has 
nightmares after 20 years old. <laughs> well, do you know what? I do have nightmares, but not the kind not that like, not about midgets, <laughs> that are like crawling over me. <laughs> In a tiny boat. Like... In a tiny boat. <laughs> tiny boat midgets. Everywhere. <laughs> all over the place. Get off me. Fucking <laughs> hell. I mean... Yeah, I we're coming to the end of the below deck uh, below deck season. Although I think we are going to introduce the sailing one if we can, depending yes, on the yeah, time. Yeah, I definitely I, think we should watch the, watch the yacht one. I think it's going to be a very different dynamic, and I'm pretty excited about it. Me too. Um, but yeah, obviously these guests are about to leave, and then next week we'll get a night out, which is we'll always good out. for a laugh. So Absolutely. we'll see what happens. But. Um, but yeah, this I'm really excited about it. I really hope they do a reunion because it's not a given on this. No, on this it's not episode, a given. But I really hope that they do. Me too. I think there's a lot of like real issues that they need to talk about, and I would love to see it done. So hopefully they do. One thing I was also going to bring up because I watched the Watch What Happens Live Below Deck 100th episode special, and we're not going to do a mini set about it because it wasn't super exciting in my opinion. But what I loved was that Captain Lee actually never auditioned. For the oh, show. Really? Yeah, like at all. So he he was a captain, part of this like larger company, and the larger company got approached and they were like, Yeah, you're gonna do it. And he was like, I didn't really feel like I had a choice. So yeah, I did it. <laughs> but I thought it'd be a shit show. <laughs> and it was, but it's the best shit show I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean it's been it's been going now seven seasons. So this is the seventh season of Below Deck. And um yeah, his wife was the bartender. Marianne was the wife was the bartender on the Watch What Happens Live. And she's just so cute. She's just like, I just love this show. And <laughs> it was amazing. Because, oh, like, your husband is amazing. Of course you love this show. Like, he's a badass. <laughs> Imagine being married to the stud of the sea. I am quite lonely. I am not ashamed to admit that I get some fizzy knickers whenever we get a topless Captain Lee. He's kept himself in really good shape. Like, I wonder how old he actually is. I don't... Do you know what we should... should Look I, it up. If only we had some sort of magical device that could give us instant go information. To go, to go to the interwebs. I'll go to the interweb. How old is... This is great content. Captain... Tenderhooks. Everybody's Lee. waiting patiently. Or they're screaming God, give us, their, Give us your best guess. I think he is... 64. Ooh, hang on. Uh, I'm not 100% sure it's going to tell me. Uh, I know that at the age of 35, Lee obtained his captain's license and left the restaurant business to pursue his newfound passion. But I haven't got an eight. I don't think. I think he's being kind of. Um, really? Cagey I mean, about. I mean, not that his- I'm doubting your Googling skills, but. Uh- I mean, to be fair, you, you can. Uh, yeah, I mean, everybody is shouting at their listening devices right now. You all hate me. You bitches. He's this old. I'm going to, I'm going to come back to that. Uh, uh, hang on. I think I might have it. Sorry. I'm going to make you wait. He's 70 years old. He was born in 1949. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he, he's about 70. He looks damn good for being 70. I, I would. Yeah. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? You Who let the us fuck know. Wouldn't? If you wouldn't, I want to hear from you and why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we need a why. I need a definite yeah, why. I need definitely reasoning. need the why. 
Um, okay. Well, let's see what happens next week. But for now, it's time to move on to Real Housewives of New to Jersey. New Jersey. Fuck me. These bitches who are were more Jersey cray cray. than Jersey at they the were very so beginning of this episode. Jersey. So Jersey. Oh I my. I can't even. It's too much. Um, I, I mean, it's, Danielle is fucking mental. Like, she's yes. off the reservation, dangerous mental. I think my favorite line from the whole episode was Frank saying, never turn your back on a stripper. Like, that moment no. for me was like, that girl, the thing with Danielle is that, yes, she's had to fuck, she's scrappy. She's had to fight yeah. her fucking way there, taking down whoever it is that's in her way. And there's right. no boundaries for her, and she cannot, no. like, you don't do that, right? No, I wrote down the quote, that's old school stripper fighting. I did too. And that's yeah. a contender for me for the name of the episode. Um, yeah, and like, she was she was laughing about it. The water on her head did not did not fucking hurt her at all. She was laughing. She looked for an excuse to get like super physical. And I like um Jennifer's husband like made a really good point where it's like water on a head and then putting your hands on somebody and like hurting them is a just a different level of physicality. And that's what makes it different. Here's the thing. If a woman threw a drink in a man's face and the man turned around and like yanked her by her hair and pulled her across the room, we'd all be going, you fucking abuser, wife abuse. That's what we'd be saying. But because it's two women, Teresa seems to think that water on head equals is the same physical abuse. It's not the same thing. Like, don't get me wrong. Pouring water on somebody's head is not a great idea. And pouring water on Danielle's head is not no. great because you just, you, Margaret should know right. that it's not the same as pouring water on a sane person's head. Absolutely not. But she doesn't deserve that. What Danielle does is illegal. Like it's, it's an assault. It's assault, brother. It's yeah. assault. But why is nobody calling the fucking police? I don't know. But I also, after that whole thing, we see Danielle call Marty and totally fucking lie about her behavior. Like, I didn't do anything to her. Like, we were just talking. Like, you were up in her face being fucking threatening. Like, we did a poll, and, I mean, 92% of our people are on Margaret's side. 8% are on Danielle's side. Um, It just wasn't on. And, like, just the shit she was saying, like, I don't know. And here's the thing, like, Margaret's not She's wrong. Gross. At the end of the day, Margaret's not wrong. What she's saying is absolutely fucking true. Yeah. You know, she is only saying what everybody else in that room is thinking, apart from fucking Teresa, who God knows right. what the fuck's going on there. Um, and and Danielle doesn't like it. And this is what happens if you call Danielle out on her shit. She will fucking yeah. cut you. And yeah. the fact that Teresa is even trying to justify this blows my mind and Teresa's yeah. like I'm in the middle like you know you can't tell me who to be friends I'm friends with everybody no Teresa you're not you have picked a side you have picked Danielle's yeah. side yeah and Margaret was way more upset about that whole interaction than Danielle was Danielle was laughing like went off and did some other shit Margaret was like crying and like shaky and like had to get out of there I think it's such bullshit um Danielle was on watch what happens live after the I Real really Housewives. wish I could get it. Girl, Can you not get what, watch what happens live? No, oh, that's shit. 
Anyway, so Danielle and Stephanie were on the night after both the se- the finale of the Real Housewives reunion, which we will be doing a mini-sode on coming up. Okay, so hang on. Dallas Stephanie was on with Danielle. Dallas Stephanie was on with Got Danielle it. from um, the Real Housewives. And Andy brought up the fact, so early on in New Jersey history, Jacqueline's daughter Ashley pulled Danielle's extension and Danielle filed charges against her. I remember that. Similar situation. So Andy kind of calls her out and is like, well, what's what's the difference between what you did to Margaret and what Ashley did to you and you pressed charges? And she was like, the comparison is completely different. Like, I did nothing wrong. Like, all these girls were running me down at a country club when that happened. It's like, Ashley was a minor, too. Like, she was a child. And you press charges against her for doing exactly what you did now and like you're not willing to own up to it um but danielle also dropped a major bomb on the real house on watch what happens lives and she is never returning to the real housewives of new jersey like not in a friend role not on anything however she did say very specifically that she would not be returning to the real housewives of new jersey so i think opening herself up if she could be a friend role on new york or on any of the other things. But, She's um, way Andy too trashy. Even, Andy was taken aback by it because, like, obviously he knew that she wasn't coming back, but he was like, you didn't use the word never with us before, and now you've said it on, like, live TV, so I'm going to need a minute to process this. So, like, Danielle is never coming back. We're not going to have to deal with her anymore, which is kind of a relief um, and should lead maybe to some more interesting stuff going on. But, um, yeah, so that that's the skinny so just to be clear, she's gonna show. she'll obviously finish out the season because she's doing the watch what happens. I mean, that's all been recorded anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So that's all fine. But she's never yeah. gonna be in another. You see, but even that, I'm like, mm, I don't believe you, bitch. I kind of do, but also like, what would they gain from like bringing her back? Like, I think we're gonna see. I don't know because obviously she and Teresa are not friends in real life anymore. So. Oh. Yeah, so this has been all over, like, social media. Like, they are not friends. I don't know if we see it in this season or not or if it's something that happened outside of filming. But um, Teresa doesn't have her back anymore in real life, not in filming life. But um, so why would why would she be back on the show? Like, nobody else likes her. She had no other backers. I'm excited to see how this plays out. I'm excited yeah. to see what it is that finally breaks Teresa in terms of Danielle, what the fuck that is. Because Jesus, everybody is going to her, like, t- like trying to talk sense to her. And I wrote down that she's really acting like a teenager. Like, the more people who tell her not to be friends with her, the more she's digging her heels in and being like, no, I am going to be friends with her. And it's just like, you're not 16. But how about That's the part fine. where she, like, but also the bit where she's talking to Jennifer and she's like, <sighs> what about the, she's like, it's just water. And she's like, chucks water over Jennifer. Jennifer's like, what the fuck are you doing? She's like, see, I'm just making a point. No, but you've right. made the opposite point because Jennifer, you chucked water over and Jennifer didn't and, grab you by the hair and right. pull you around the room. It doesn't. And ju- you also like threw a glass at the bartender. Like those poor event workers, like <laughs> they're not here to be assaulted. The only <laughs> thing that I'm going to say, and I don't like it not canceling out, it doesn't cancel out 95% of Teresa's behavior. Right. But she is... In a, there's a fucking shitload going on for her right now. So I, yeah. maybe she's not making the smartest, most rational choices. But even so, I still struggle to see how she's how she's yeah. ju- like justifying Danny out. Like it just the whole thing blows my mind. Yeah. Um, but the other we thing, also s- go on. Go ahead. 
Uh, I was just going to say, we also see the Envy fashion show, which in the past fashion shows are never a good idea to do with the ladies of New Jersey. It's where all the fights go down, all the craziness happens. This one was fairly mild other than Jennifer being doused with a glass of water. But what I really liked about it was that Joe Gorgo was like, I was wrong. Like, she's kicking ass. And that I have a lot of respect for him that he did it in a public forum where he had like previously made fun of her, like at the ice cream thing that they flashed back to about like not making enough money. And now he's like, well, maybe you can take over the boutique for your mom. Like it's going to be a big business. And I think that was a really nice thing to see. I agree. And I think that's the only time I've ever felt disappointed in Joey Gorga was when he was really ribbing her for that. And he felt really momentarily displaced and unsure as to how their family life was going to go. And I'm sure it came out of that insecurity. But that was the only time where I felt like, oh, Joey, you're better than this. But for him to come back and go, I was fucking wrong, just makes me go, oh, I'm glad that you got... It's almost like, I'm glad that you fucked up there so that I can see you apologize, which makes you like twice the guy I thought you were. And see you repair it with your daughter because she's there so you can really big up her mom. Like, I I love that Melissa's just like really hit her stride with the whole like momming businesswoman kind of thing. Like, I I love them. I think also what I really love about it is that it's kind of, Joey and Melissa are kind of starting to disqualify this excuse of old school Italian, which we hear time and time again. Like we hear Teresa use it. We hear Dolores use it. We're old school Italian. That's how we deal with it. And Joey and Melissa are going, hang on a minute. We are old school Italian, but we are doing it fucking differently. And and I right. think I really love them for that. And I think they're starting to really show up some of this kind of shitty behavior that's justified yeah. with this old school Italian excuse. So, yes, I am here for Joey and Melissa, although I still think they shouldn't have a baby. I still think it's a mistake. Totes agree. Totes agree. Um, but just going back to Teresa, we have a really interesting chat between between Teresa and Dolores yes. about yes. Uh, the conversation that she had on the phone with Joe. And Dolores brings up a really, really smart point, which is essentially um, it's all very well what the prenup does in terms of protecting Joe from Joe and his money from you, but how protected is Teresa in the prenup? And Teresa, for all her kind of bluster and fucking balls out arrogance is a bit like oh well he'd never take money off a woman Doris is like babe he will yeah yeah he's he's gonna take that cash off you and I think Dolores is absolutely right to give her a heads up yeah I totally agree and I really liked that it was coming from Dolores because I think anybody else it would have like kicked off something but I think because it was Dolores and Dolores kind of put it in a way a really, you know, respectful way to Teresa. I think it's really got her thinking. I mean, I I would 100% not put a past him task for alimony or a payout or something like that. No, I agree. I think he's going to try and milk her for all that she's worth. I don't think the guy's got any fucking moral fiber in him at all. No. Um, and I love that, that, that somebody has given her a heads up, whoever it is, because I hope, I think Teresa's the kind of person who will go, oh no, I'll never do that. But I do think it will stick with her. I think it will yeah, be something yeah. that she, I think she's going to find herself in her lawyer's office pretty quickly going, how can I protect what I've earned? Absolutely. And I feel like we've also gotten a preview that we will see the visit to Joe in Italy within this season, not as a special, because they showed that because they kind of did a preview for the rest of the season. So we'll see that, and we've got that to look forward to, and it looks uh, pretty interesting, along with another girls' trip. So we'll yes, see how that I'm goes. very excited to see where this goes. How, how I think f- it's Jersey Shore girls' trip, too, so... Too good. Uh, but how many yeah. episodes are we in now? How long do we have? Like, are we 10? 
Is that where we are, something like that? I think we're about halfway. I think usually when you're about halfway is when they do the whole next season preview thing. So Amazing. We're so about halfway there. Another couple of months of this, which I, I fucking Absolutely. love New Jersey. Yeah, um, they're the greatest. Finally, we are bringing in kind of a wild card because this is still a pretty young um Still a pretty young yeah, series. Yeah, it's only the third season. Uh, but one that I think is getting better and better and better and better. I totally agree. So we're talking about Very Cavallari, um, which we're adding to. It comes out, uh, at least in the U.S., on Thursdays and really early. Like, I, I thought it was going to be another, because I'm mountain time, so everything comes out really late here. So I can't stay up and watch them the night of. But her show comes out at like 7 p.m. this time. So I nailed oh. three shows last night. And didn't have to watch anything this morning, which was fabulous. But um, yeah, so Kristen Cavallari, which I'm sure most of you know, has has been on reality TV since about she was 17. So that's when Laguna Hills came out, which was kind of the precursor to the Hills. And then um, she married, which in Denver, we all know him because he was our, our football quarterback. He was a Bronco, um, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a Bronco for a little while. And then he moved to Chicago, was a bear for a lot longer. So... Yeah, his name's Jay Cutler. Sorry, I spaced there for a minute. So Jay Cutler is her husband, and we are catching up with them in Nashville. And this was a show that Kat and I first kind of, like, we were excited about adding, and then we were kind of like, oh, there's a lot of other shows coming out. What should we do? So this was kind of a test watch for us. And we were like, if there's anything, if we don't feel like there's enough to talk about, we may not do it. But holy shitballs. It's a good one. And also, here's uh, just before we go into it, but yeah, we obviously we know uh, Kristen Cavallari from The Hills, but in The Hills, I actually stopped watching after Lauren Conrad left, so I didn't really get much Kristen Cavallari. Well, she Cavallari. was more from Laguna Beach, not The Hills. So the She went into one. The Hills in like season... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five or something, six, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was late. And I stopped watching, So I, but I do know that she was a bitch. And I... Yeah. Um, so I never saw her as that. So I've only ever seen Kristen Cavallari as Very Cavallari, who I really like. I have an awful yeah. lot of time for. And I love the relationship between her and Jay because I think Jay keeps her fucking grounded. Like he doesn't Absolutely. give any shits about no. this LA lifestyle or this Laguna Beach or the hills. He doesn't care. He's like, no. he fucking loves and adores her, but he's not going to put up with any of her dramatic bullshit. And I love him for that. Yeah. He is from a tiny town in Indiana called Santa Claus. Shut Indiana. the fuck up. Yeah. Like he is very, very small town. Like he is not. I'm not surprised not, at that. I'm surprised that there yeah. is a town called Santa Claus. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it's a very like obviously Christmas oriented town, And they go into it a little bit in the Christmas special, if you guys watch that. Um, I love the realness of their relationship. Me too. And, like, let's just go into the episode. Like, they've really been struggling because, obviously, when Jay was playing football, Kristen was the stay-at-home mom. We didn't see her. Like, she was no, like she was not on any shows. She was, They've got three kids. She was doing the kid life, the mom life running the household because he was gone most of the time, you know, doing professional sports. And now we see them on the other side. So he he's retired and they now live in Nashville because I think he went to the University of Tennessee. So I think like there's some connection there. But um, they're in Nashville now and now the tables have turned and now it's her turn to kind of follow her dreams. And they're really struggling with that, which I think 
everybody does. And I really like how open and honest they are about that struggle. And I like how she speaks up for herself. And she's like, I put my professional life on hold and did all of this. And I now need you to do the same for me. And I just love them. I also think I really appreciate Jay because he comes from a really masculine world of fucking football. Like that's like, that is huge. And he's not that guy. Like he listens and he hears and he's built like a brick shit house, but he's kind of quiet and unassuming. And he fucking makes his, like, if he's unhappy, like I've noticed in previous seasons, if he's not happy, he will go, I'm not happy. Like I'm done. But the rest of the time he just kind of rolls with it a little bit. And I love that he doesn't flare up. He hears her when she says, I feel like you're not supporting me. And I'm I'm sure it's not been easy. Um, But it feels like a very real relationship. I totally agree with you. Um, it, it speaks very close to me and my personal life. Um, I, I'm sure it speaks to you and Jimmy. Um, I, I just, I, I really, really appreciate that it's that it's a real relationship. It's not like, fuck this, we're out. Yeah. Like, these There's are no drama. two people. No, these are two people in a real marriage who are dealing with real issues and dealing with it as real people do and kind of two real people who are committed to making it work, I should say. Like, you know, sometimes you have a partner that's not willing to do that stuff and then you got to do what you got to do. But I really like how these are two people who are very committed to their family and are figuring it out and they will make mistakes, but like they're also in it. Yeah, I agree. To give a little bit of background, if you haven't, if you're new to Very Cavallari, she has launched uh, Uncommon James, Uncommon James, which is a brand, yeah. jewelry brand, but it's also kind of morphed into kind of a lifestyle brand now as well. So there's a lot of home stuff and bits and pieces too. Um, obviously, with help, I have no doubt from the show, the brand has oh, yeah. totally exploded, and you know is now a multi-million pound company that she is running. She's the boss of, and she's fucking nailing it. And part of the show is her employees. Um, one of which I'd like to go to straight away because Brittany's been with her since the beginning. I- I'm yes. really interested. We have done no pre-show chat about this at all. So I'm really no. interested to hear, because I have very, very strong feelings about Britney, but I'm really right. interested to hear what you think, Reagan. So we've seen Britney now three seasons, and she dates a musician named John Stone, who, from what I gather, is actually a fairly big deal. I had never heard of him before. Country. So. Yeah, not not my genre. Um, Sorry, I said but country, it- not cunty. Yeah, yeah. No, I got that. (laughs) But thanks for clarifying. Um, And I think what's been really interesting about this episode in particular is we see her kind of talking about the same thing as Kristen, right? Like, when she and John first got together, she was very much like the girlfriend who picked him up in the middle of the night and, like, had dinner waiting and was at home for him and kind of bolstering his star in a way. Um, and, And she's over it. Like, now things are going really well in her life. She's been doing this stuff with Kristen. It's a, It's been a very successful startup thus far, and I have a feeling it's going to be growing exponentially after this. Um, and she's a part of that. And I don't think she, at least she gets a sense that he's willing to bolster her being the star for a while. And so you've got these two people in the relationship that both want to be the star. But in my opinion, like, that's that can't happen. Yeah. Like, that's I mean, not reality. I absolutely agree with you. I think that's the situation. I don't think it's yeah. going to work. I got I just find her so boring. Like I find her so boring. Like she I also feel like 
she's never really been happy with John. Throughout all the three right. seasons, there's always been a no. question mark. And I'm like, I, you've got to stop whinging about it. You've got to stop talking about it. Like, I, I would yeah. rather watch beige paint dry, like wearing <laughs> beige, just saying the word beige right. over and over again than listen to her do this anymore. Like, And actually, to give her some credit, she does finally fucking dump him. And that oh, is yeah. dramatic. And In that's a big way. Oh, it's very exciting. <laughs> And, it, you know, it reminds me of, like, my breakups of, like, in my 20s. Like, that Absolutely. were fucking fiery. And it is that yeah. kind of... And it's real. And you do see the rage right. and the hurt and the upset. And I get that. Oh, my that. God. Yeah. But but I really hope that now that she has ditched John Stone... And, God, I hope he's gone. God, I fucking hope he's gone. But I hope that now <laughs> she's... I hope she gets more interesting. I think she probably will. I mean... I agree with you that she's definitely not the most exciting person to watch on screen until this episode. Like, I feel like when we saw her interviews, we saw a different Britney in those interviews than I've ever seen on screen before. Like, someone who actually, like, had feeling and passion rather than just, like, running around with, like, her head cut off and, like, not really knowing what to do. And I think probably when you've been in a relationship— I. I never had, like, a long-term relationship before I met my husband. Like, I was the queen of the three-month relationships. Because in my opinion, like, after three months, like, I knew whether I wanted it to continue or not. And more often than that, I, I really didn't. And that's just kind you of just how I rolled for a long to the time. Cup. I did. Um, so really, my only long-term relationship is now my husband. And so I don't know what it's like to spend four years with somebody and then break up and that just be it. And I, I gather she wasn't really happy with John. Like, it has been a struggle. So maybe that's what we've really been seeing is someone who just doesn't know themselves well enough to kind of carry being on screen. Like, Kristen is a badass on screen because that woman knows who she is, what she wants, and where what everything is going on. And that's interesting to watch. Um, it's not interesting to watch someone be like, oh, I don't know, like... I think you're absolutely right. I think I hadn't thought about it like that. I think she genuinely yeah. has no idea or previously had no idea right. what she wants or who she was. But there's a definite difference in her. She has, like, this, we're talking very sort of TV terms, right. but she's lost weight. She looks more glamorous. I feel like she's found, she feels like she's accomplishing something. She's found right. herself a little bit. and She owns I, her life. She's owning her life. And I guess in that, obviously, she's got to a point right. where they've now grown so far apart that she feels confident enough to go out on her own. I get all of that. And I really yeah. applaud her for that and can recognize a little bit of myself in that, apart from the losing yeah. weight bit. Um, <laughs> like, but, but. Yeah. I get she's kind of from. a kisser. She's kind of a goody two shoes, and I just want to see her be a little bit more sparky. And I really hope that yeah. she finds some spark. Right. No, I would totally agree with you um, on that um, one. And then the other big uh, story of uh, the season is, of course, that Kelly is yeah. no more. Like Kelly is has been Kristen's best friend. Uh, she's been on the show for the first two seasons, and now right. has been replaced by Justin Anderson, the hairstylist, who has also been a friend of Kristen's for years and years and years, because Kristen and Kelly have fallen out. Yes, and they've fallen out because last season, um, during the airing of Very Cavallari, there was a lot of chat on Twitter about Kelly and Jay possibly having an affair. And Kristen never thought this was the case. Like, let's not get it twisted. Like, Kristen is very confident in her relationship with Jay. But she felt that Kelly 
added a little bit to the fire and was using it to kind of boost her social media presence and kind of her quote-unquote celebrity rather than just not saying anything and letting it die and not going to Kristen and having a real conversation about it until producers started chatting about season three and then Kristen started hearing from Kelly again and she felt that was a bit Dis- not right. Well, disingenuous. Um, yeah. I... And also, we have to remember there's history here as well. So this is not Kristen's first rodeo when it comes to losing friends on over reality no. TV shows. So she's she says she's really conscious of bringing friends into the show because she knows that it can have an effect, but she never thought it would affect Kelly. Right. And the feeling from her is that if you have been accused of having an affair with my husband, then as far as social media is concerned, you keep my husband's name out of your mouth. Like, Fuck yes. You just let it die because... Whatever you think you're achieving for yourself, A, you're not having an affair, but whatever you think you're achieving for yourself in terms of exposure, this is also Kristen's real life. Like, she is married to this guy, and this is a relationship, and there are plenty of people out there willing to, like, keep the rumor mill going. Right. So just fucking let it go. Um, Yeah. We haven't heard Kelly's side of the story on this yet, so I'm unwilling to kind of make a judgment call yet, but... But from what I hear Kristen say, if that turns out to be the case, then I I can fully understand yeah. where she's coming from. Um, we are going to get Kelly's side of the story because we see her turning up with a bottle of wine at Justin Anderson's house, who yeah. is the new best friend. Um, right. So I think we're going to get the skinny. But uh, I think it's going to make for a really interesting season. And I really like that we're including it because I love that it gives us room to talk about like the real marriage, the fa- right. like Kristen really balancing the kids and the marriage and the job because the job is really starting to take up her time. Absolutely, like girl friendships. Um, I'm I'm really excited about introducing Very Cavallari to it. I am too. I think it, it definitely brings a different dynamic to our weekly watch. I love that, like, so she goes to Chicago to, like, look for a place, and we see her meet up with her mom friends and really talk about, like, the importance of having that girl time and kind of remembering who you are as a friend and a real person. And I think it, that's a life lesson that we all need. And um, girlfriends can be the best, and it's really nice when you have that and make time for it in your life. Yeah, and I think as well, what I love about Kristen is that there's a sense that she kind of got up there and then was knocked down. Like, she was knocked right down. And rather than kind of go off the rails or be a bitch about it, she's, like, picked herself up, focused on what's real, like, marriage, family, friends. And now she's, like, in a better place. She's really secure. She's kind, from what we can tell. Um, And she's doing this great show, and it's something that I really relate to. Yeah, well, she's also grown up. I mean, none of us are real people being fucking 17 and on TV, I guarantee it. And I don't necessarily know if she was knocked down or made the conscious choice to, like, her husband was playing football and if they wanted to have, like, a life and kids, like, somebody had to stay home and and do that. And financially, they're fine to do that. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think it's very interesting, and I like that she was a normal quote unquote, a normal person for a while. Yeah. And did play groups and had to make friends. And I don't know. Well, I think as well, I do remember her saying in a previous episode, uh, in a previous season that like, I think it was when she was having dinner with her dad, she went back to LA for a trip and she had dinner with her dad. And she was saying, um, 
that obviously when she joined Laguna in the Hills that she didn't realize that she was playing the bitch role. Like that was kind right. of how she was developed, like out of her hands. Yeah. So yeah. I think that is a kind of life lesson that makes you go, as you know. And then obviously she tragically lost her brother too. So I think she's gone right. through enough hardships to kind of, I think you can't come out, like you have to learn some shit and come out with an idea of what's actually important, which is what I really like about her. I feel like she's got yeah. priorities. I totally agree. I mean, I love it. I, I like that our kids aren't on the show and like they're very, our kids aren't going to be on the show. They're good. They're doing their thing. They won't be here. So I stop agree. asking. And, yeah. I, and I like that. I like that it's a show just about them and her. And I don't know. I'm here for it. So I'm excited about having her in the mix. Me too. I'm also interested to hear what you guys are thinking of Very Cavallari, whether it's the first time you're joining it or whether you have been a fan since the beginning. Let us know whether you think that it's good that we're including it, what you want us to talk about, whether what you think about anything on the show. We're always excited to introduce a new show. So, um, And we're always here for feedback. So like, let Absolutely. us know. If you think there's a show we need to drop or one that we need to include, always let us know. Obviously, you can find us on our socials, but you can also email us at hey at tvmyhusbandhates.com. That's right. You guys have a fabulous rest of your week. Um, enjoy the mini-sode. Enjoy this episode. And we will be back next week with more Reality Chat. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Oh,